This is HPR episode 1741 entitled HPR Community News for March 2015 and is part of the series HPR Community News. It is hosted by HPR volunteers and is about 77 minutes long. The summary is HPR Community News for March 2015. This episode of HPR is brought to you by anhonesthost.com. Get 15% discount on all shared hosting with the offer code HPR15. That's HPR15. Better web hosting that's honest and fair at anhonesthost.com. everybody, my name is Ken Fallon and joining me tonight on the HBR Community News for March 2015 is... Ahuka! How are you doing? I'm doing just great. Excellent. Dave is unfortunately unable to be with us this evening and uh, 5150 says he was here last week. So, um, As is tradition, for those of you who uh, don't know, HBR is a community network of peers who submit shows to a podcast on any topic that's of interest to hackers and we've stretched that pretty thin over the years. HBR Community News is a once a month look at what's going on in the community which really doesn't uh, deviate more than um, a look at what shows has been on in the last month which is open to everybody obviously what's been going on the mailing list, and uh, comments on the episodes, all of which are available to each and every one of you. So anybody can do this show, um, and it's not just us. We record it. Uh, it's released on the first Monday of the month, which means it comes out on the first Saturday. It's recorded the Saturday before the first Monday of the month, which means just throwing everybody off, I think, this month. As is tradition, we'll welcome new hosts, and... Uh, just so that they can have their names pronounced properly once before I butcher them. How about you introduce them, Ahuka? Well, uh, I'm going to say the first one is TCUC, and assume that's an acronym of some kind. The second one is Finn, and the third one is Be Easy. Uh, I like Be Easy as a. I couldn't see the the um, uh, the logic in that one until it went through the text to speech, and then uh, I heard it. I would kindly ask yep. all hosts, regardless of whether old or new, to introduce yourself at the beginning of episodes, because I've noticed now um, that people are, uh, yeah, it's it's just a, don't assume that everybody knows who you are. It's part of my regular spiel that I introduce myself anyway, so don't be afraid to introduce yourself. Indeed. Okay, uh, 1716, which was released on the 2nd of um, March, April, April, <laughs> was Community News for February. So March. March, thank you very much. No, it was Community News for February, it was the 1st of March. Yeah, so released okay. March 2nd. Yeah, exactly, uh, about February. 
But our first show was TCUC, and it was Visualizing Electricity, which is uh, a request that I have up there. And it was a nice explanation of current uh, volts and resistance. And um, if there are people who want to do more of these type of shows, it would be greatly appreciated. Indeed. Especially with a lot of the hardware hacking stuff that's uh, going on now. It's pretty cool. Speaking of hardware, we had uh, 5150's uh, My Pickup Toolkit. I guess a pickup is a sort mm -hmm. of uh, truck or something, a uh, four-wheeled vehicle yes. of some kind. A, a very popular in the United States. And my first topic was, this man needs to take out all his tools, clean them, and put them back together. <laughs> well, you got to remember, 5150's a farmer. I do, and uh, yes, I come from... Uh, uh, that is no excuse. I've seen um, plenty of farmer having a nice ordered toolbox. So yeah, that said, the majority don't. So fair enough. But it's quite interesting. The uh, I really enjoy that episode. It's another one of these interest hackers uh, ones, I think. Uh, but some of the stuff he had in there, he was listing it off with the assumption that everybody knew what they, you know, this is a. I don't know widget of some sort, and another can of widget. But I had no idea what those things were. I'm sure if Dave has made copious notes about all the things that um, he didn't he didn't know being the other side of the Atlantic. Yeah, the, I think some of this is another example of two people divided by a common language. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But uh, a great show. I loved it. And if you have a tool, toolbox, toolkit, something, go through it as well. I'd be fierce interested to know. But when you're doing it, don't assume... Uh, um, yeah, I don't know, taking a Jubilee clip as an example, for some reason we call uh, a, a hose clamp a Jubilee clip uh, in Ireland. I don't know why. It, I don't know what they're called here, but ah. how was that? So when you hear him say wrench, just translate it as spanner. Oh, wrench, we know. Yeah, that's 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 okay. It was just some of the brand names of uh, you know, sealants and stuff like that. That, that right. got me a little bit. The following day, we had uh, JWP with a nice little show on the Linux tree command. And this one actually was one of the things when I moved from Windows to uh, Linux. Um, this was a very useful command that was in DOS for years, the tree command. Uh, it was very handy to print it off ASCII format and paste it into a document and you get a ASCII visualization of a, of a directory structure for people. Indeed. So, as show topics out there, anybody who's thinking, "Hey, I don't, uh, I don't know what to do a show about," so then pick your um, your favorite uh, command that you use quite a lot and uh, open up the manual page and uh, start reading and start recording. Yeah, I hope someone will because uh, it sort of looks like Dan Washko has given up on his Linux in the shell. No, never. Now we'll uh, we'll start egging him egging him on. I hope. I hope he'll, he'll reconsider. Well, I, I mean, I've been egging him on every time I talk to him, and he's just always busy. Yeah, I know. It's uh, it's tough, well, especially with uh, having little ones and everything. So, yep. Yeah, yep. he's a family man. That comes first. So, 15 certificate issues and solutions. I like this, uh, Ahuka. This is your show. And the reason I liked it was 
because it wasn't just issues. Um, quite a, my pet peeve with a lot of the security podcasts is, oh, the sky is falling, and then this exploit is out, and you don't have an actual solution to it. And I'm quite chuffed with myself that most of the solutions uh, that you mentioned, uh, I've taken on, I had already taken on board. But one or two of them I actually implemented as well since you were talking. Well, that's good. And and one of the things I want to emphasize about this is that, uh, you know, I'm not Bruce Schneier. I am not a world-recognized authority on this stuff. But what I'm trying to do is get at basics for the average user. And so it's really important that there be some solutions there that, you know, just practical stuff. If you do this, you'll be safer than if you didn't do it. Absolutely. And nothing, I don't, well, I'm, I'm, Quite, as you know, a bit of a fan security buff myself, or, or like to at least be interested in it more as a hobby than than anything else. But it would be it would be good to get feedback from regular uh, people and the few listening to this. Um, you know, are you hitting the mark here with this? Is it is it too high? Uh, I personally thought it was a, a great steps that anyone interested enough in listening to HPR could maybe get a grip on anyway, and go from there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, that's what I'm trying to do, and I welcome any kind of feedback. I I may or may not agree with you, but uh, as Ken knows, uh, I do listen to every bit of feedback I get. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, anything anything that we've disagreed on that's been cordial, and I think both of us have learned uh, either side of that. So that's cool. The following uh, day we had, or the following episode, and still haven't managed to put in the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday thing, uh, was Cross Compilers Part 2 cross-compiling by Mike Ray uh, on the Raspberry Pi. And uh, this is just useful stuff in general if you're cross-compiling for any platform. Uh, he's you know taking the Raspberry Pi. You don't necessarily need to be using the Raspberry Pi here, but um, it's uh, super, super useful. And also excellent show notes as well with uh, HTML and all the rest of it um, uh, as an you know, very, very detailed in the show notes. Very enjoyable to listen to. And I thought there's always a, the, the balance. I, I think you probably know what it will mean, you know, the balance between doing something in audio. Do you spell out every command or do you, you know, how you describe it and leave the the um, copying and pasting of the commands to the to the listener? Yeah, that that's a, a tough one. But Mike does a great job. I'm really glad to see him coming on board and doing these shows. Absolutely. And, you know, I cower to his uh, to, to his knowledge and expertise. The uh, the leash is strong in this one. <laughs> then we had uh, Kansas Linux Fest Northwest a promo Northwest. Why am I talking with an Irish accent? Jesus, Kansas Linux Fest Northwest. No, uh, I don't think there's a Northwest in that. Well, one. Southwest, East West, all the West, all the West. Everything everything over there in Kansas is West to me. I've seen plenty of Westminster. Well, it would be Midwest, if anything. Um, yeah, smack bang in the middle. It's west of me. Yeah. How about that? Kansas Linux Fest. Yep, Kansas Linux Fest. And we are joined? By the man himself, 5150. Yeah, sorry, I just looked at the clock, realized what time is. You seem to be cutting in and out, as is traditional with your uh, podcast, 50. So this was a uh, promotional um, 
and that's great. In fact, I'm going to try and record one this weekend for PenguinCon. But uh, 5150, why don't you give us a review uh, now that you've had Kansas Linux Fest? Tell us about some of the high points. And No, uh, that would be wasting a show. How about you give us a short summary of what it was as a teaser to the episode, which you no doubt will do. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. Plus, you're probably going to hear me on my regular podcasts uh, give give reviews ad nauseum. I think it came off uh, very, very well. You guys hearing me okay now? Yeah, perfect. Hey, yep. perfect yep. Great. Okay, I just must have left, left my uh, uh, finger slip off the button before. Yeah, uh, we had uh, approximately 100 or maybe a little more attendees each day. I got the impression just looking at the crowd that might not have been the same people every day. I mean, as, as you might think from the uh, uh, first uh, episode of a uh, of a fest that you're getting more local people, and there's going to be some folks that could afford to come drive up one day and then go home, but not take the time to uh, get a hotel and and stay for two days. Yeah, yeah. I think. I think we had some really great speakers and how, uh, you know, fellow HPR contributor Mike DuPont arranged that uh, when he came up with the idea for the fest. What he told me is he just went through every fest across the United States over the past three years, looked at the speakers and saw which ones lived in the Midwest. So we had, you know, we had some really great technical talks and some high end stuff. We we had uh, Twitter there. We we. Um, Oracle, we we had Rackspace, you know, just just uh, you know, people from from big companies and people representing big ideas. Unfortunately, um, it, the organization for recording stuff happened a little, and I should I should have mentioned it earlier. I, I just assumed, and you know what that did, and that I mentioned to Mike maybe a week week and a half, and he hadn't even thought about recording stuff. And unfortunately, uh, they bought some cameras, but apparently, according to Mike, none of, none of the video came out. So, unfortunately, the only talk you're going to hear uh, from Kansas Linux Fest is mine, which I re-recorded once I got home and is coming out Tuesday. Oh, that's unfortunate. But, I mean, this is the first, uh, the first time we've run this fest, so, I mean... You're going to have teething problems. If it was perfect the first time, you know, there's nothing to strive to the next time. And I hope, I presume there will be a next time, will there? Oh, yeah. We've had a lot of interest from the uh, three major universities in Kansas. Of course, this time it was held at uh, the Lawrence Public Library, Lawrence, Kansas, for those that don't know, being the home of Kansas University. Probably next year, what sounds like it's going to be held on the Kansas University campus, so it won't move towns, but it will, will move locations. The year after that, perhaps Wichita State, and then the year after that, my alma mater, the uh, uh, Kansas State University in Manhattan. Well, that's a good idea, moving it around. So what was the venue like, or will we hear this on your show? Well, just briefly, everybody was questioning whether a, a public library would be adequate, and I think it was perfectly adequate. The main speaking hall was, oh, not the size of a huge university uh, lecture room, more like the size of uh, 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 per perhaps a, a high school uh, auditorium uh, for, for a moderately large high school, but it was plenty big enough for any of the talks we had in there. The other two rooms were like sm more like small uh, 
she went ahead and called me by 35 feet, something a lot of people were thinking. Those may have been a little, uh, 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 a little intimate uh, for the number of people that attended some of the talks. But the nice thing about each of those rooms, they each had a 90-inch HDTV to, pl- uh, to plug your uh, equipment into for display. Very good. Okay, um, shall we move on to the episode 1723, Success with Students, speaking of universities and students. And this was uh, Kevy, who had to do, who's a teacher and had to do a filler, um, a filler class, I think, or a uh, voluntary class, and got his uh, kids interested in podcasting, Creative Commons music, and all the rest of it. Wonderful show. I really liked it. It was just one of these feel good, yes, win for us type episodes, I thought. Yeah, and I, I really liked the way he addressed the whole. Um... Uh, copyright and creative commons and all of that and that you know he worked with the students to just say here's some things you really want to be aware of exactly as it's come up as well you know so yeah very 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 good well i mean it's it's it if you if you change one person's mind it's worth the effort and he you know he had at least four going for a while and three sticking with it he's you know we can't expect you know, whole classes of students to turn their backs on proprietary software immediately, but you, you got to make these incremental steps. I mean, you also introduced the concepts, and I know myself that my journey involved a switch to Linux and then a switch back, and then a switch, and then a switch back, and a switch, and then eventually you just wake up one day finding out that you haven't used another operating system for a year or two, so you just wipe that redundant partition and be done with your life free at last yeah but you know even the philosophical concepts to to kids like we had civics i don't know what it's it's called in other um classes you know where you ponder about the ethics of society um the whole discussion about copyright and creative commons that is a a great introduction in itself and this is a great example of of introducing that to people and if people choose not to use that's all very well, but at least they're aware of it. Okay, the following day we had uh, Vim Hints, uh, Tips for Vim Users Part 2. Yeah, great series. I'm really glad Dave is doing this. And it's thorough. Oh my god, it's thorough. And uh, was it this one where he explained what's happening with that swap file? When Yes, it is. The don't panic one. <laughs> um, they... Uh, I've had that so many times where I've edited a file, you know, a session's broke or the VPN has gone down or I've gone under a tunnel or something and then come back in and then deleted the swap file and then only to be told something has gone wrong. And that uh, that uh, explains what was going on finally. Thank you, Dave. Thank you. Also, with most excellent show notes for everybody who uh, is following along, you can copy and paste. Yeah, Dave's good at that. And yes. And along with. Sorry, go ahead. Vim is CI back in college when I had a Unix system. You're it's cutting fake. in and out 5150. That ain't better? I think so. Give it a try. So I learned Vim back in college. Uh, you now you get out two words and then you're off again. Okay, I'll get out and come back in and see if it makes a difference. That ain't different? Sounds like it. Okay, sometimes Plumble does that to me. Uh, I was going to say, between uh, Frank Bell's uh, uh, 
episode, and which I think we ought to roll those all into one uh, series, I think. But uh, I, I used to know VI back in college, work, back working on a, on a Unix terminal. And of course, that skill has atrophied. And uh, the, between the two of them, the, these episodes have encouraged me to you know, at least think about uh, getting back into VI. So, you know, to, because there's just some things Nano doesn't do very well. And as you were doing that, I added that to the series, the Vim series. Excellent. Speaking of long-running series, uh, templates, recording billable time using styles to illustrate the usage. Another example of good show notes, good shows. Uh, this one is good because I have this thing where I'm printing uh, spreadsheet styles and it was annoying me having to change it every time and I never actually thought of applying a style to it and saving it as a template. It's one of those dumb moments on my part. Yeah, and this is uh, what I did something similar with um, Writer uh, and I will undoubtedly do something again with Impress to say, you know, after we've discussed all these things theoretically, let's do a project and, you know, then you can see everything coming together. Yeah, it's excellent. And uh, give us a shout reminder before uh, we should really get on to the LibreOffice people and, and do something, getting these all these episodes onto a DVD or something that we could uh, give out on a cross-promotional thing. Sure. It's all Creative Commons. There you go. 15 excuses not to record a show for HVR, inspired by a recent recent meeting with Ken Fallon. Nightwise presents 15 excuses not to record a show. I don't have the right gear. My sound is not polished. I don't know how to upload. I don't have a radio voice. I don't have time. I'm too shy. I don't have anything to say. The stuff I like is really niche. What if I get negative comments? Who would listen to my show anyway? I've never done this before. I'll get around to it someday. It recorded the show, but I'm too afraid to submit it. Takes too long to edit out the ums and ahs, and I don't know anything about editing audio. I don't think he missed any there, do you? <laughs> I'm gonna, but I, I was listening to it thinking, uh, you know, I do all kinds of stuff. Uh, I've got a lot of ums and ahs, and you know, it's not really studio recording or anything, but seems to work okay. Exactly, folks. Let's take take a step back. This is HPR. We're just lads, lassies down in the pub, sharing a few stories about the stuff we're into. Everybody else that you talk to over there won't understand you like we will. So just press record <laughs> and send it in. That's all you have to do. Yep. The following day, Frank Bell, the phoenix from the flame, returns with Moss. Uh, and I am... Um, Dying. This was on. This was one of the ones that I actually wanted somebody to do for such a long time, and uh, this clarified a lot of things for me. And it's also really great to have Frank uh, recording again. Absolutely, it's great to have him back. And I need to set this up. Uh, as... Oh no, Frank! I want Frank to know. What does What does fifty one fifty one Frank to know? Tune in next week, folks. Same time, same channel. No, I just wanted him to know we were discussing uh, this uh, this episode last night on uh, Linux Lugcast because uh, 
we're talking about setting up uh, mutt, and I, I asked if if uh, uh, anybody anybody had looked at that uh, episode, and, and uh, yeah, they were using it as a as a basic template. Excellent. I'm planning on getting myself a Raspberry Pi two to upgrade the Raspberry Pi that I have here, and then I intend to use uh, centralized mutt. But yeah, we'll see how it goes. See how it goes. Then we had Finn. I believe Finn is a new contributor as well. Yes, indeed. With uh, favorite browser extensions and some nice ones here I added. Um, Adblock Edge was one I added that I wasn't aware of. And there was one other one that I had found out about as well. But uh, also a good show. Liked, uh, liked the security. It's tempted to put this into the... Um, security um series i think it's a fit i think so too i mean a lot of the extensions that he talked about were security and privacy related shall we do it shall we do it sure and one i'd like to that i is a session because i keep open and uh, if you can save the session you leave firefox and even if the whole thing crashes, you can always return tabs yeah, you're going to have to do an episode on that because you're xyloning big time. Oh, yes. David Whitman with a real hack, hardware hack in real life uh, with a wood stove and the solution he came up with. Actually, really like the look of his uh, wood stove and his solution, to be honest. There's a PDF in the show notes with the photos of uh, what he came up with. And, of course, I'm very envious of all of you guys who have your own shop. The following day, we had uh, 1730, 51 Shades of Beer, Part 5, The River City Brewing Company Revisited. And if I ever make it over to Kansas, uh, I will be bringing uh, 50 over there for some hamburgers and beer. Yeah, he really makes you want to go out there and visit. Yeah, I'm, uh, so I went, went to Lawrence. I'm now up to uh, three brew pubs, looking, looking at uh, visiting a fourth one in the state. A couple of weeks. I have a beer in the fridge which I've been planning on uh, attacking shortly. It's just a random one I got at the uh, at the. Actually, the beer quality is quite good. Done one of the local shops, so I might do a review of that perhaps. Anyway, Swift one one zero told us about uh, upgrading his old Fujitsu Lifebook for two one five with new memory, new hard disk, and stuff. So, uh, yeah, this, this is actually uh, pretty cool. don't know if uh, many people think that think of the concept of upgrading laptops. Desktops, you, you assume that you're going to do that, but with laptops, I, I think there's more a feeling, or uh, especially with um, the likes of Apple soldering on the memory, that you the possibilities for upgrading are not as uh, many with a laptop. Yeah, uh, an Apple is not very friendly to upgraders, but uh, many laptops, you can upgrade the memory. You you need to take a look at the motherboard specs to see what's possible. And, of course, putting in a larger hard drive is almost always an option. And I can tell you, you can... Go ahead, 50. You you can really wake up an old machine uh, by putting in an SSD. Now, I've had some stability problems where I wished I'd had off external backup, but... Uh, 
as far as speed, boom, you're, you'd swear you're running a much newer machine. Yeah, I can see how that would work. So we had uh, we were quite low on shows there for a while, folks. Quite low on shows. I'm not very impressed, but yes, the uh, old regulars stepped up to the plate. And we had uh, renovating another public domain counterpoint textbook by um, John Culp, and he, yeah, it's. Uh, I actually had a look at this book and uh, very very professional. Uh, had me thinking about you know if I was doing. Books for people have been asked to, uh, you know, about ebooks for people. How to uh, how to go about it? This will be my first protocol, I think. Oh, uh, absolutely! And he did a really good job of uh, covering the technical details of how to make everything work together. Uh, but the other thing is that uh, I'm really impressed that he's thinking about the implications of, you know, the textbooks for students cost a fortune. And, yeah, exactly. you know, it's uh, education in this country, at least, is just becoming unaffordable for a lot of people. Um, I know where you are, Ken, it's a little bit different. But uh, out here, I think the tuition each year for the University of Michigan is around 40000 um, And then, you know, your books are probably 150 per textbook and, and so on. It, it's... You graduate with so much debt, it's hard to see how you ever get out from under. Yep. Uh, my personal view is all education should be free for everybody. But comrades, come join me. Well, and with the digital version, at least we can start to get away from the uh, concept uh, of, of dead tree textbooks. However... It may be a little harder to go through and, and uh, use a highlighter. I mean, I mean, cer certainly you could do it in in uh, markup, but I, I remember ha having a professor who was writing a textbook, and we had to go down to Kinkos and print the next chapter. And by the time you were, you were done paying Kinkos every week, you you could have bought two or three textbooks. So, uh, I mean, by the end of the semester. So if there's yeah. any way to... But, I mean, now, if you look at my episode on CISS printing, Continuous Ink Supply Systems printing, which I bring up because after two and a half years of printing a lot, I finally had to refill the charger, uh, the ink, and that was $20, $20 that cost me. Um, so I've been printing hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of pages. So, um, yeah, I think even the, the concept of having to get... The price of printing has come down so much now that even if you don't have a good ebook reader, which a lot of them, you know, you can pick up a relatively cheap ebook reader. Uh, if you do need to print off stuff or you want a physical copy, it's relatively easy to print it off yourself and affordable. Uh, I, I've kind of converted most of my life over to electronic books anyway. So, well, the thing I have, and my wife mentioned as well, that going th through a um, textbook. You sometimes do need to refer back to, you know, a formula on a particular page or something like that. That's, you know, the blue, 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 uh, blue, that you have different color, um, you know, post-it notes on the on the side that related to different particular strands of thought going through the book. Ebooks right. are, I find ebooks fine for, you know, just re reading a, a book, a novel. 
but for a textbook it does help to be able to go back and refer to that page where the diagram is and then follow on and then go back and just flick between the two so it seems like a good idea not insurmountable but there you go the following day we had kevin wisher sent in the linux slugcast episode three outtakes and these outtakes uh are as good <laughs> i always say they're as good as shows as they as the shows themselves but it's there there's very very good content in there so i'm happy to uh, have them on hbr but why are they an hour and a half an hour and ten minutes of a show of banter and then an hour of a show it's 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 strange to me that you wouldn't press record and just release the whole thing but we were happy to have them as it was very uh looking very poor there in the queue for a while we were down to actually having no shows then the following day we had vim hints part three which of course um gave dave the excuse to create a series and uh series has in fact been created moving around uh, and he's uh, done the full show notes as a separate page and the show notes in this case he's using a markup language which he can produce an epo uh, an epub uh, book speaking of uh, of epub books and stuff so everything is uh, he's even included the uh, hbr style sheet in his show pretty amazing stuff then the next episode was free tutor- free tutorials for teachers based on the LibreOffice thing, which I was very happy to see. The only thing that I was a bit saddened was to see the free of charge, um, that there's a non-standard copyright license. Even if it was a CC by SANC, a non-commercial, I would have, uh, would have been happier with that. But have I lost everybody? No, we were just making sure you were done with your thought. But, I mean, this, this is a great thing uh, that's been released uh, by uh, Professor Poole because I, <coughs> a, lot of, a lot of the uh, obstacles to getting uh, open source software um, you know, uh, implemented in the, in the classroom w- would be documentation because the average teacher is going to be used to open office. I'm glad to hear that there are some that are open to uh, other possibilities. Every time I try to integrate uh, open source software at school I worked for, people would look at it and say, "What? what is this? Why isn't this the same as everything we've always done before? Yeah, exactly. Uh, Hookahs just dropped off and dropped back again. So the following day we had Be Easy with uh, how I use Linux for my business. And quite a lot of these I had not heard of before and uh, would be a good idea for to get a uh, you know individual episodes on on some of them but he has uh, pretty much gone all out uh, as much as he can in any event yep good stuff then frank spells episode on five steps to vim which if you think uh, dave's dave's series is thorough then this is probably this should probably be episode 0 of the series just getting you started all you need to know to get started and uh, and edit some stuff on them uh, yeah so and it's a good part of the series the following day we had credit card pin breach uh, where we exposed a well-known but ignored security breach this is sent in by anonymous and it was uh, released on the 1st of april and we uh, 
basically give a very thorough rundown of all the uh, pin codes that were released. Yes, and it was not an April Fool, huh? <laughs> well, it's it's moved into a into a separate. <laughs> it's uh, the series number has been changed. Put it like that. Theater episode seventeen thirty nine was Theaters of the Imagination Part Seven, which is uh, Lost in Bronx went through uh, some of his um, uh, yeah the uh, hardware that he's using and there had some um, recommendations for audio clips uh, the wireless theater and the lives of Harry Lyme and uh, just talked about uh, his uh, Tuscam dr40 and the zoom h4n uh, good reviews for those of you who are using audio independent audio devices so it was it was, uh, it was a good one uh excellent show but we've moved into april was that the plan no that was not the plan that was not the plan so we will discuss that next month as i don't edit shows i'm asking everybody to rewind their brains and remove that <laughs> out of them that would be fantastic. So, uh, 50, we have here is the link to the episode, which is which I'll paste into Mumble, where you can see the mailing list discussions that's been going on. Oh, okay. Just a minute. Or No, please please go ahead. And I'll, I'll, I'll take care of it. Okay. So, the uh, first uh, was from Sigflup looking for a high-quality image of the logo which I pass on through, I think, on my to-do list. I need to make that a little bit more, um, all the images a little bit more available. If somebody has any suggestions, I'd love to hear it, uh, that I can just drop them into a directory uh, without, and they appear without too much problem. So 50 was asking if uh, anyone's attending Liber Planet, and if not, Kansas Linux Fest is the next event. We had Mike Ray, um, Fear, and Lothinian. It, it's a pun, um, or play on words. Uh, the American writer uh, Hunter S. Thompson wrote a book, uh, Fear and Loathing, and so he's making a play on that, Lothian being Scotland. Ah, uh, missed that one. Uh, People are too educated around here. Well, if, have you ever read the Doonesbury comic strip? Uh, kind of. The character Duke is based on Hunter S. Thompson. Okay, fair enough. Um, then we had Frank Bell was uh, had just uploaded a show and was looking for the show synopsis. So that, uh, that's been renamed to show summary because uh, she knows so synopsis was confusing people. Uh, fifth, uh, Pokey Patrick Daly sent out a, um, sent out an update that on April the 14th at 8 PM sometime. Pokey, we know we use UTC. I presume it's not going to be APM UTC. Uh, there's the recording of the audiobook club. And uh, I couldn't find the RSS feed uh, on the website. So I uh, contacted them and got the RSS feed. And then I hacked together a little script using my favorite 
tool in the world, which is XML Starlet, to make an XSLT and to save it. And oh, I asked for comments, and Dave replied with a better version, although he should have replied with a new show. And then in the middle of that, Klaatu replied, obviously not having heard the mail list etiquette one. Um, he changed the did a reply and changed the title to Travel Life, uh, True Life Travel Stories. So he is, so this is another topic, uh, True Life Travel Stories. So if you've been, if you've ex had first hand experience, uh, so I want to compile a HPR episode of interesting stories about traveling with computers, preferably focused on TSA interaction in an attempt to better understand what these fine defenders of the American way of life are looking for when they are inspecting computers. So if you are interested in doing that, can you um, reply to that one? We had 50 looking for um, the banner for HPR for the, um, the event. I made a minor change to the reserve. I changed the reserve now to upload now. Um, mm -hmm. because I was confusing people. Yep. Uh, it's amazing how much stuff... <laughs> how much stuff, I think. Yeah, God, what, what was I thinking? Anyway, that's uh, that's it. We had uh, the good old call for shows, and basically, if you don't have 2015 next to your name on the host page, then start recording a show. This is not a free podcast. Nobody said this is a free podcast. It's gratis as maybe, but you are required to send in one show a year. That's all we ask. Thank you very much. I better go check right now and see if I'm up to date. I think you're pretty good to 2016 by uh, with the rate you send in shows. Yeah. I got uh, some uh, prom another promotional material, but this one was uh, um, about a podcast interview for somebody who's done the mind-changing, you know, hacking his or his mind it seemed to be fairly targeted it seems like they at least knew that we were a podcast and not whatever so if somebody's interested in following up that really it's a free book uh a free ebook at least um then you can you know your call it's not something i particularly want to do myself 5150 talking about bad email etiquette i don't know how he 50 how did you even become aware of this show because it wasn't released at the time. Maybe it was uploaded. Well, it was either between some of our private conversations or it was out on the list that Dave Morse said something about <coughs> uh, there were somehow somebody, uh, there was an email client that was deleting the thread parts uh, uh, during replies, and I, I replied, no, that's me manually deleting the thread parts because I don't like to scroll through them if I already, if I already know what's going on, and I didn't realize that that was bad etiquette, etiquette to do that, so I won't be doing it anymore. So, seems like half, half your problems, Ken, are when I do, do something that's bad etiquette and you have to remind me to do it differently. Yeah, you're not the only one to remind to do stuff, uh, uh 50. I think that was actually, as I read it, was a misunderstanding. If if you're editing the body of the email to remove stuff, that does not cause problems. What Dave is talking about is changing what's in the headers. Yeah, if you will discuss that um, next month on the on the show, 
Because it was Friday's show. It was Friday's show, yes, exactly. Although, I must say, James uh, Tobias, Tobias, uh, reply about bad email etiquette was, was excellent. Giving some very good email rules. Always use uppercase text. Always run long sentences together. <laughs> uh, I Heavy on the that. sarcasm. Oh, I know people who live by those rules. Believe me, I do. And then the last one was uh, HBR uh, notice for this show, actually. We were joined by David Whitman in the meantime. How are you, David? Hey, I'm doing great. It's um, afternoon here, so or just about noon, so I'm able to jump on. Well, very welcome to have you here. It is almost 9 o'clock in the evening here. Oh, we had a lot of comments this month. A lot of, lot of comments on episodes, which is great, actually. So let's start by uh, a comment on episode 1178, which I'm sure there are some of you out there who will know what episode that was. But it actually was an interview with Laura Clarington and um, Amir Rigo. And it was uh, FOSCON 2011, of all things. And uh, the link to uh, FOSCON appears to be broken um and it's 2011 so yes that happens with a lot of uh, it was an interview by ct happens with a lot of our episodes that are up so long it's a virtue of the fact we're such a long-running um a long-running podcast in actual fact that uh, it results in um yeah sometimes we uh the sites we outlive the people we're talking about so um yeah, I my personal feeling is I wish people would leave stuff up and not break the links, but I could make it a full-time job just going through updating my links all the time and never get around to creating any new content, and I've decided that's just not worth it. Yeah, that's that's a, my pet peeve, actually, about the internet. You know, they, there's the concept, I've heard this fallacy that, you know, it's always going to be available on the internet. And that's not actually true. All that's available on the internet is links to the information. So all we'll have is is your short snippets of great works while the works themselves are uh, are gone. I've had it where I've been trying to track down old episodes of um, of podcasts and things, and um, hundreds upon hundreds of links to it, but nobody actually having all pointing back to the same location, which is unavailable. But if you go to the site that has all of my LibreOffice stuff and you poke around, you will discover that there is a series of tutorials on DOS. And I did that years ago. And at a certain point, I thought, oh, no one really cares about this anymore and took it down. And within about a week, I got an email from a computer science prof saying, put that back. I'm using it. (laughs) Absolutely excellent. Well, it's such a problem on HBR. Dave and I have been thinking about um, doing a link checker thing where we check all the links that we have, and if we don't find them, then automatically change the link to, um, you know, link is down, and then put a link to the archive.org link. I've always thought it hilarious. At least more than once, Claude, too, has mentioned that he's he's trying to figure out a problem, and he and he finds just the perfect article on it that solves his problem, and then he realizes that he wrote the article. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I find that funny. Uh, true. Quite often I'm looking for a solution to the problem and come across his article, so that's that's also quite good. 
actually that's pretty pretty cool and uh, uh happy thing that has happened more than once where i'm just googling for stuff randomly or duck duck going duck duck going will never turn into a, a no and uh turn up with uh at someone's site that i in inverted commas know on on in the internet so this Chuffing. Okay, two comments to my episode of YouTube downloader script. A uh, person tried to run the script, so I give them some tips on how uh, to run it. Then we had a epi- uh, comment on episode wiki on my Raspberry Pi by Mr. X, which was uh, 2014-04-28. And it was, the comment was CR wiki. I believe that's CI Wiki. CI Wiki, that's correct. Thank you. Which is a Docu Wiki clone, and um, that's pretty cool. An episode on that would be uh, quite cool, Tim Timini, who is a HBR host. Mm-hmm. Arduino 101, Breadboard, great show, comments by Miri. A 3-volt, 3 uh made a slight distinction there between what a speaker and a buzzer was and that actually helped me uh immensely michael sent in a comment on that as well um about what a um the difference between a buzzer and a uh speaker is and that uh writing 3v3 is uh is um uh, fairly standard way of describing 3.3 volts so pretty cool um michael if you could um contribute a few shows that would be great especially on electronics if you're commenting it means you're listening if you're listening it means you also show bostem 15 part 5 of 5 and somebody just saying that they enjoyed listening to the show allison thank you very much as did i they were great shows I really, uh, I want to, um, I really have, uh, it's a pity that the MP3s haven't got, or the, the audio files haven't got chapter marks in them, because I really would like to forward those to people. There's been about uh, three or four different people where uh, I've forwarded some of those interviews to in work. So, um, what's in my crate? Bezra um, responded with a follow-up follow-up episode and mike has replied to that and he wanted um, more he uh, wanted to know from a developer's perspective how mike tests applications and uses debuggers and a box of sd cards how he knew so very cool more episodes not that i'm one half of me is going great more episodes Uh, but the other half is yeah great more mike ray episodes so that's pretty cool Comment on uh, Dave Morris's Vim Hints 001 episode. Nice introduction to Vim. This is by 0xf10e. Saying that OS X comes out with uh, Vim. And uh, for anyone using Vim on their server, the FreeBSD package is Vim Lite and Vim Nox on Ubuntu. Okay, good to know. And Dave comments then about uh, full bone Vim on his Raspberry Pi and stuff. Commenting on HPR Community News for February 2015, we had Mike Ray, Dave Morris, Mike Ray and Dave Morris comment. Uh, Parcel of Rogues. And uh, yes, 
actually uh, he mentions that I should because I was saying this or oh, this tech of uh, his is pretty cool and yeah it is pretty cool from the point of view I have the luxury of only wanting to use it he has the necessity of having to use it and I have been thinking about um, doing my doing a one of those courses and trying to live a day with a um, blind goggles on, you know, completely see-through goggles and uh, sensory uh, deprivation stuff, and see how far I got on. <laughs> that would be uh, that would be worth uh, worth doing. My wife has done it several times, and she also has done it with other people uh, because of her profession. But it's pretty pretty scary when you put on those um, when you have to tackle the world without the aid of vision. And he and Mike are talking about, uh, Dave and Mike are talking about something Scottish there, which I absolutely have no clue what they're talking about. Rob, when you start talking about Robert Burns, then you've, you've lost me. Yeah, Mike uh, had apparently used the phrase parcel of rogues. And so, I don't know if someone took that amiss or thought that he was saying something negative And it was like, uh, no, it's the Robert Burns quote i thought you'd have gotten the reference dave morris uh i gather is scottish no he's a sasnach <laughs> he's only pretending to be scottish uh, no okay no he's uh he uh, lives in scotland so there you go ah uh, okay and uh, there it, you know how many people will know what sasnach means uh um yeah no he's a nice fellow obviously that's yes. <laughs> a comment on fifteen uh twenty one, which is yours, fifteen certificate issues. And the comment was from that I really enjoyed this show. Keep them coming, which I hope you do. Yeah, I've I've got more that I'm working on. Uh, I, I must admit I have kind of slowed down over the last couple of months, uh what with going for a new job and everything. But you know, there's you've so you've put in your uh, fair share, so other people want to step up to the plate. There's plenty of free slots. Yeah, well, I, I certainly have not stopped. So we had a uh, a comment there well, on um, Cross Compilers Part 2 by Mike Ray, and um, uh, Felix said, good job, and fantastic series, and he's making a difficult topic understandable, which I think is kind of the point. Somebody put in the wrong URL, 50. Yeah, I've been saying uh, linksfest.org for months, even though I had the, I've had the page open in my browser. It's probably why. If I, if I had to retype the, had to find the page again, I would have realized I've been saying it wrong. So Dave Morse was at least nice enough to fix my show notes for me, but I couldn't get it re-recorded fast enough to get it back in and and uh, fix it before before it went out. Also, uh, Ken, you skipped over uh, the comment comment by Mike Ray it was left for me on uh, seventeen eighteen. Uh, I'm surprised how much response that has got. Though I, I shudder to think what you and Hookah said about it before uh, before I got on. But uh, 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 Peter sixty four also uh, made a comment. Uh, on that episode, telling me I should get my uh, toolbox cleaned out. Yeah, we haven't come to that yet. Uh, we we did talk about that. Uh, you'll hear it when the episode comes out. Oh, okay, we did. Yeah, 
<laughs> yeah, you skipped over it. Uh, that was a great episode, uh, What's in My Toolbox, and I, I have some old Permatex around here if you need it. <laughs> What's his... Uh, oh, I've got all kinds of old Permatex. It's a uh, gasket sealer. It's a, it's this black stuff. It's kind of like silicon, uh, and you you when you put a when you put a gasket on something like a water pump, you spread the that sealer on at least one side of the uh, of the gasket, and and it forms a better seal. Okay, yeah, they comment to us from Mike. A great episode it was right there. All I could do at the end was not to go and wash the oil and grime from his hands. Yes, I had that feeling myself. And I'm thinking I could turn that into a series. I could I could do it. What's behind the seat in my pickup? What's in my what's in my glove box? What's in the passenger seat? What's in the bed of my pickup? Yeah. Um Yeah, just on the comment about the episode seventeen twenty two Kansas Linux Fest, um um you had recorded a show and uploaded it, but once the fee once it hits the midnight or UTC and the show is released, then it becomes a pain a pain to um redistribute it. So if I can if I know about it, I can change okay, just tell you how the workflow goes. If if you upload a show, what I'd prefer is I'm not talking to you fifty one fifty, if one, the community uploads a show. Then um you can upload um a slot and once you uh, upload you're kind of expected to have the show finished so the last thing that you do is you go and you upload the show so you've recorded the show you've done whatever editing that you wanted to do with it and then you're ready that's when you hit the website and you upload it you have the option there to um pick a slot and then upload it via FTP or send it via snail mail or whatever. If you're uploading it via FTP, we I kind of expect in my head that I will see that coming within an hour of the email coming up from to me uh, that that you have finished uploading the show. And if I don't see it within a day, then I start to worry well, because what's going on? You know, if you want to reserve a slot you can also do that, but uh, slots need to be reserved via the mailing list. So nothing has changed with that whole process. We do have uh, an agreed procedure for reserving a slot. So if you want to reserve a slot on somebody's uh, birthday to commemorate some event that's happened, then just fire off an email um, to the mailing list and say, I would like to reserve this slot for this reason. Then uh, I have yet to see anybody argue with, with that. Then you can go and you can uh, pick the days in the calendar and just simply reserve the slot. So if you are just uploading a show and you have it already recorded and you want to upload a show, but you want to send it via email, via the postal service, or you want to send it via URL, or you want to send it via in person, then you need to make sure that there's enough time between you reserving the slot and allowing it to get physically to me so that I can upload it and that I have time to do it. Now we do have a HPR feed. So what can happen is a show gets posted and the actual content of the show needs to be edited or modified for one reason or another. For example, it might be breaking, uh, something needs to be updated. So um, it is possible up until the moment of release, which is UTC, 
midnight UTC of the day that you're releasing, it is possible for me to go in and change that. Um, certain people who have subscribed to the give me everything as soon as it's posted to the website feed will end up missing out the changes. But that was part and parcel of of subscribing to that feed. So if you don't want that to happen, then yeah, subscribe to the regular feed. That was the that was the deal when we put that one up. If we submit a show once it's been submitted then it's submitted and it is going down to lots and lots of people and um i can force another update on the rss feed by changing the file name and changing the publication date in the xml um that will force another copy of that episode down but we don't do that because um for a start people are paying for bandwidth and for a second um it it is not my place to send on another show. The only time we've done it, I think we've done it about five times in the in as far as I can remember, uh, in Twas and HPR time frame, and all of those times were because the uh, the audio files were corrupt, so we had to send down a new file. So once it's released, I'm afraid it's released, and what we can do is the next available slot, we can, um, uh, as we did with this one, we I downloaded the show from the next day, added a, a text-to-speech uh, spiel at the beginning, correcting the information, and hopefully people will get it the day after. That's the best we can do. So that's an explanation of, of basically what happens there, and um, but you also need to be aware that I need to be aware of it. It's not enough to just send, upload it to the FTP server or send an email. You need to um, uh, actively make sure that I respond before you can presume that uh, something will happen or you contact Dave or you contact Josh or somebody. Yep, so hopefully that's explained that. Okay, back to the comments. We had uh, a lot of comments about success with students and uh, Kevy. Uh, Kevy should know I listen to every HPR episode even the ones from Scotland and we had uh, Dave Morris saying that it was an excellent show uh, as well we had comments on Bim Hints part 2 great series wants to really get his fingers itching looks to me like the Emacs needs to do a counterplay here yeah yeah oddly enough that sounds that sounds like a direct challenge to Claw 2. Emacs was the first uh, Unix editor I've ever used, even though at the time I didn't know I was using it. Of course, it could have been Nano either, because they share quite a lot of commands. Johan V started uh, thinking, looking more into VI, and the amount of information is vast, you see. So he's looking to find out more information. Some comments on 15 excuses not to record a show for HPR. Johan V laughing at the reminder. Uh, anonymous going good points maybe i'll do one maybe on basic must there were quite a lot of comments uh great show from archer 72 the rc file can be reloaded without restarting mutt uh jonas was didn't realize that you could use vim as a text editor and using a text browser url view text mail client so good stuff or stackhouse uh commented automating alias file creation 
and uh, uses vim auto commands to do some of his automation and uh, also points out a link and uh, says that there's a um, points a link to some mutt tips and tricks next episode was uh, favorite browser extensions by finn and the comment was from zolster was other useful browser extensions congratulating on the good episode and then there was privacy badger which i had not heard about and ssl sleuth two of which i were was not aware of and uh, both of which i installed so thank you very much for those yeah privacy badger is uh relatively new but i think it's better than adblock the good good list actually is, is becoming becoming clear um shields up comment on david's uh, show uh, about the heat shield saying john colt was saying it was beautiful and how could his wife possibly think it was uh, ugly i i personally think it's uh, very very nice i like the wood stove as well thank you also very jealous of your shop i mentioned that earlier on in the show the um bad thing is my wife took over half of the building so i only really have half of what i should have oh you so poor she thing it, she uses it for dog training and exercising She'll, you, you can tell her both topics of interest to hackers, so you can uh, have her just play some HBR shows in the background, and then uh, she'll be required to send in the show. I am not sure that she's into HBR at all. She kind of wonders what I'm doing. <laughs> Good stuff from the keep them coming, keep them coming. I would like to interview her, though, sometime about dog training, because lots of people have dogs. You can see that if you just go down to the supermarket and look and see how much dog food is yeah mike ray commenting on uh, the uh, episode about uh, arch linux on the pie good episode about beer and uh, he has a script to put arch images on the pie oh by the way 50 why are you doing two episodes in one well sometimes i don't have very much to say on a topic just something brief so i kind of fold it in but it, yeah i've uh, some of the stuff uh, from uh, KLF, stuff that I was going to fold in, I, I uh, actually made into a separate uh, podcast. So we're, we're going to try to stretch some stuff out. Yeah, just so you know, everybody, the episodes don't need to be long, long essays. If you've got a tip and it's like two sentences of a tip, send it in as an episode. Thank you very much. So he also, uh, Mike Ray, includes a link to the Dropbox uh, to get Arch onto the Raspberry Pi. That might be a useful link for lots of people. Yeah, thanks um, very much for that, Mike, because I, I'm going to probably, you know, I'm, I'm going I'm to set up my old Pi as a server and reconnect the two external drives to it. And uh, if I decide to find it, Arch is going to be my uh, server OS. I'm definitely going to use your script to uh, put on the bare metal rather than going through noobs. Excellent. On John Culp's Renovating Another Public Domain Countertext book, uh, we had Robert Stackhouse saying slashes, an easy mnemonic, at least for me, is to remember a slash direction in a way top corner of the slash is pointing. So forward slash backslash so look at the top corner yeah that makes sense 
Almost there, folks. Almost there. Running a small business using Linux. Uh, Jonathan Culp says, excellent uh, episode. Wanted to try Ranger two years ago and totally forgot about it. I have no idea what Ranger is, and I look forward to either his or uh, BZ's episode on it. Then uh, on the Five Steps to Vim episode, we had a comment by um, Zolster, two links for broken href, and Dave had them fixed. And uh, Dave, of course, saying that Frank, very enjoyable show, and it was a great way to get people who are nervous about Vim uh, past their first hurdles. In fact, I think this episode is going to be I'll be giving it out myself uh, as a just go listen to this first. And last but not least, uh, what's in my pickup toolbox by... Oh, we've already done this. Oh, here it came to the end of the list for some reason, 50. We already covered it. Mike Ray, great podcast. Yeah, I'm I'm seeing it in the normal place from the late... No, I, uh, so that's I opened them up in uh, my tabs. It was on the... I had opened up all my tabs. And I think I clicked it as first, and then it went to the end, and all the other ones came in between. So apologies. Well, I'm 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 flattered then that that must that must have been your favorite episode for the month. This it was actually uh, one of those. I mentioned it during the during the show that I really enjoyed, and a lot of the. I just don't. You need to clean your stuff. <laughs> get all your tools put them all in one place being a farmer is not an excuse so i think folks that's pretty much it does anyone else have anything else to uh comment oh yeah there was a um in the last few days there was some server moves uh uh josh um from anonymous where we have a 15 percent discount on shared hosting uh has moved our server over and there's been a few little hiccups on the back end which you probably won't have noticed um mike has said that there are some issues with the menu and the css so there's uh, several people working on that i hope to get updates soon that i can um, put into the css for the website if you have anything that you notice on the website that isn't working uh, fire us off uh, email or better yet come in with add this line to this file type stuff and so long as it obviously doesn't break anything, uh, that will get added to the website. We're all about accessibility, and we're all about improving the experience for everyone. Anyone know of any events coming up that we should tell people about? Well, there is PenguinCon coming up in three weeks. Tell us more about that. Why, I thought you'd never ask. Uh <laughs> PenguinCon is a convention in uh, the suburbs of Detroit, Michigan, in the United States, that is a combination of uh, a very extensive technology track combined with a science fiction convention. And I have about 100 hours of programming, and in fact, I'm probably going to record a program this afternoon and upload it that will go in great detail on all of this stuff, but... We've got people like Bruce Schneier coming and and talking, and and uh, folks from uh, Canonical, from Red Hat, from MariaDB, from Zenos, from Docker. So, be a lot of good cool. stuff happening. Uh, is there going to be a HPR table, or at least roving reporters? 
Uh, probably not because uh, I'm way too busy to do that. Okay, anyone going to Penga Kong, uh, get in touch and we will send you the stuff that you need to be our ro- roving reporter there. And Ken, Linux Fest Northwest is the 25th and 26th of April. Should be the same weekend as PengaCon, so I won't expect, yep. to see, won't expect to see a hookah there. But uh, I just got the word here to this morning that 11 geeks are landing in Portland and getting a van. Or they're going to 11 geeks are leaving from Portland. I don't know how many of them are landing at the airport. They're driving the five and a half hours to Bellingham, Washington, where the Linux Fest Northwest is held. And they were wondering if I was on the way, and I'm actually driving myself, so. I'll be seeing those guys up there, and I'm taking my Zoom with me to get some um, interviews. No, I tried to get a table there, and I waited a little too long and missed out on getting a table. So I've got a handful of stickers in my Zoom, so we'll be um, getting some information and some shows there. And I'm pretty sure Door-to-Door Geek is the instigator of that van. Yeah, drinking while driving is not allowed, of course, in Washington. I'm sure they're not going to do that. but I don't, And I don't know who the driver is, actually. Maybe try to get um, some more info about that. Yeah, he likes to do that. Um, last year, he drove from uh, Baltimore out to Ohio Linux Fest and loaded up the car with a bunch of people, including our friend Jonathan Nato. I hope he wasn't driving. Well, I wouldn't put it past him. No, that is true. That is true. Um, guys, if, if there's anyone listening as well who have shows coming up, uh, Feel free to send us in notifications so that we can put it into um, put little promo shows in into the feed, and that we can mention those on community news and stuff. Now, um, hey, can I um, also? You know, this isn't about a show, but there's a certain person in Dallas, Texas, who has something interesting to share that he should be sharing with HPR about a yeah. bigger space down there, and so he knows who he is, I'm sure. So. He needs to get on the stick. Absolutely. Uh, I don't want to do too much of uh, a, a housekeeping task here, but Ahoka, I still have the H- HPR's uh, H1 recorder. If Dave is going to Northwest Linux Fest, which I was considering, and you're and you're going to going to be at PinnacleCon, do you want me to send you the recorder because Dave's going to have his uh, with him? Uh, no, because I don't think I'm going to have any time. Uh, I'm responsible for the whole tech track for this convention, and I will probably be running around like a crazy person. Yeah, we need somebody to volunteer to go who's going to that show to uh, see if they can get a group of people together to organize interviews and stuff. Yeah, volunteers, step forward. Okay, well, if there isn't anything else, then I will bid you all adieu. And... Tune in tomorrow for another exciting episode of Hacker Public Radio. Join us now and now share, and the, share software. the software. You'll, you'll be, be free, free hackers. You'll, you'll be free. free. <laughs> I think you just curdled the milk. Good night, all. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Good night. Good day. You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. 
Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hekka Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.